Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us now. Let's get started. When our relationship fails, it can be overwhelming. Where do we start? We may want to get on the first dating app that we can find and start connecting with people right away. Are there any benefits, though, of hitting the pause button at that point and taking a step back before jumping in? Today, we're going to be looking at the steps we need to take to ensure that we don't get caught in a cycle of making the same mistakes again and again with similar looking patterns that we've been running for a while. And to talk about this, we're joined by uh, John Kenny, who is the relationship guy. He helps clients to create healthy, loving relationships. And he's a coach to people who want to attract or create the perfect relationship. He's the author of The People Program. He's a speaker, documentary maker and host of the Relationship Guy podcast. So warm welcome, John, to the show. Thanks, Matt. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on. Fantastic. And the first thing I wanted to ask John um, is what would you say are the most common challenges that people struggle with when they're just exiting or ju- have just exited a relationship? Uh, there's there's a few things. I think the thing that you you mentioned in your introduction there is a really important thing, um, and it, we do have a tendency, a lot of people, to jump straight into the next into the next thing or distract ourselves from how we're feeling about the relationship that's come to an end. Um, so yeah, the first thing I would recommend is that you do take time to be single. Uh, and that means don't jump straight back onto apps and don't look at, um, you know, going out on dates and stuff straight away. Even if you want, might think you're just going to keep it casual to start with, it's still a distraction from what's just happened in your life. And it's not a healthy space for you to jump straight back into. That's a great point, John. And I guess it's worth just say, just touching on this like process that we go through when we go from being you know in a relationship to then we're not in a relationship anymore it can be yeah. quite a shock to the system can't it it can be it can have quite an impact on us maybe even more than we realize what what would you say the biggest impacts on us at that point yeah i think obviously there's a time thing there i mean we obviously you know depending on the, how uh, long you've been in the relationship how often you saw someone um but it can be a big gap in your life and um then you can look for someone straight away to fill up that space um not just the physical space but the emotional space the company that you kept um you know it's um it's something that can make you feel a bit lost um a bit alone uh depending on again what your kind of views are of being by yourself if you struggle in that space it can be a real hard thing for you to come to terms with um, and again, if it's been a tumultuous type relationship, an up and down roller coaster type space, um, then there can be a lot of kind of hangover from that emotional fallout. Um, and also, um, you know, even if it's just been, if it came to a kind of kind of casual end, really, um, there, there could be some exploration that we need to do in that in order to understand why that why that didn't work out. Absolutely, and we're going to be coming on to that shortly, John. And I know you've got. Um, some points lined up you know these areas that um, steps that we can take to pick ourselves up and get ready to move on and before yeah. I get on to that though John I want I'd love to hear a little bit about your own journey or your own story how you came mm. to be so passionate and uh, focused on this area of relationships yes so my relationship history is is quite checkered uh, I had a tendency to f- go for uh, relationships that would make me relive my kind of core belief systems and my core belief was that I was never going to amount to anything and I was pretty much not good enough for anything um so I would have a tendency to choose relationships that followed that kind of attraction style that I had which would lead me to a point where I would choose people that were uh, had issues I would say in a, in a in a nice way and I would try and fix them I would try and make them happy because that's what I learned I needed to try and do when I was a kid. Um, mm. And so I would enter into those relationships to try and make people happy, but never being able to make them happy because their rela- their kind of relationship with themselves wasn't great. Um, and then I would feel like a failure that I wasn't good enough. Um, and no matter what I did, would never be able to kind of get them to kind of love me and, and be in the space that I wanted to be in. 
But actually, there's so much more to that. There's so much depth to kind of the decisions that I made. It wasn't just about trying to find someone like that. It was a lot of stuff around self-belief and um, and the kind of fear of being committed to relationships that also meant I chose people that I didn't that I knew probably wouldn't last at the same time. When I was able to go into therapy and kind of explore that space and then had a coach that helped me to um, recognize that not only was I telling myself the same old story, but I was reliving that story over and over again. Um, that made such a huge difference to my life that I thought that, you know, relationships actually were real key to my own level of kind of happiness and fulfillment. And when I decided to move into coaching alone in 2016, relationships was were the was the path that I went down because I know that it made such a huge positive change to me that I wanted to help people to create that positive change for themselves. Um, yeah. Since then, um, there's been a release of a study by the Yale University, which took, it was after 75 years study into um, happiness. And they conclude at the end of this 75 year study that the key to living a happy and fulfilled life was actually the quality of your relationships. So no wonder it made such a big difference to me. Um, because it can actually have a, a massive impact on all areas of your life and your general level of uh, fulfillment and happiness. And so that's why I decided to really focus on that space. Amazing. That makes a lot of sense, John. And yeah, I can definitely see, yeah, resonate with that experience. You know, when relationships are really working, it makes such a difference, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And the same, the opposite way around. Yeah. And I was curious in your own journey, you said, I think at the beginning that you've had this like checkered or different experiences. Um, I was just wondering, was there a single point or maybe a single experience that made you really sort of stop and think I've got to do something different here? Just I'd love to hear a bit, bit more about that. Yeah. So um, I had a relationship which finished in about 2013 um, and I sat on the sofa and I hadn't just finished my own coaching qualification at the time. So I'd already started to figure out a little bit about what I was doing myself, which made sure that these relationships weren't working. And this other one came to an end and it was exactly the same feeling that I usually get at the end of these relationships. And I just sort of sat on myself and I'm not doing this anymore. Um, And I made a massive shift in to say this, this needs to change. I need to understand this so that I don't do this again. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately, I went completely the other way. So I was so adamant that I wasn't going to do that again. Then I ended up getting married to somebody that was completely the opposite, but actually still not very good for me. Um, but it was such a, a shift away from what I'd always kind of had a relationship kind of space with that I thought, oh, this is good. I've done all this work. I've worked, and I understand where I'm going and I want to change all this stuff. This person's completely different. This must be the right type of person for me. Um, but I, I, I like to say that I spent my whole life dating my dad and married my mum because my most of the relationships I had, which I got involved in longer term, were with kind of people with like an anxious attachment where, again, like I never felt good enough. Mm. And I ended up with someone who was an avoidant attachment. Um, so we just ended up living parallel lives. But again, it fulfilled my need not to connect, not to be too committed. Um, and when I did try to connect and commit a little bit more to the relationship, they weren't interested <laughs> Um, and I just kept pushing them further and further away by trying to express that I had more needs and, and stuff that I needed fulfilled. So um, mm. I still ended up in the same space where I didn't feel good enough because no matter how hard I tried, they moved away from me. Whereas in the other relationships, no matter how hard I tried, they would they would cause some kind of chaotic uh, or destructive type outcome. So mm. that was when and I realized that probably when I was writing my book that that's the choice subconsciously that I'd made. Um, And so, again, when I was sitting there for kind of six months, really kind of evaluating myself as I was writing my book, it made me realise the decision I'd made this time. And I thought, okay, I really need to now find something in myself that next time I go have a relationship because I kind of realised that this was going to be coming to an end if um, we weren't able to reconnect and work on that. But I needed to uh, get myself into a, a better space where I could make a healthier decision. I see. I get it. And thanks for sharing that, John. It's useful to 
to to get that and um, just one other thing from your bio john i wanted to just touch on before we jump into our six steps to mm. picking ourselves up after a failed relationship yeah. is that you use different modalities don't you john and this is a question that we get quite often i'd love to get your take on how the different things that you do kind of fit together just briefly because i know you were a counselor and then yeah. you don't well you you've put what you do now under the banner of coaching so i'd love for you just to explain kind of how you see the difference between those things please uh, so counselling is more, I think, working on maybe like the present stuff. I mean, it's looking at the past, um, getting someone to explore the space that they're in now based on the the, the past that they've experienced. I think coaching is slightly different, whereas it's more directed. You're more accountable for change. So it's coming into coaching and saying, OK, this is the outcome I'd like to achieve, which, again, you can still do with therapy. Um but it's definitely more focused towards an outcome in the coaching. Uh, the therapy is generally more of kind of sitting in the space, exploring the space and kind of, and with the both of them, you allow like the, the client needs to come to their own outcomes, but it's a little bit more input as a coach that you help people to explore it at a deep, a different level, I think. Whereas with the counselling and depending on what your counselling approach is, um, my counselling approach became more and more exploratory. And I think that's why coaching fitted really nicely into what I do, um, because I still use my counselling skills to really explore what's going on for somebody. And again, I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do if I didn't do that. But the coaching is then, OK, this is what we understand from what's happened. Now, how do we move this forward? I see. OK, so you see them sort of sitting nicely together, almost like pieces of the jigsaw, really. Yeah, I think they go together really well in this space, definitely in relationships, because, you know, your whole experience of yourself, your whole experience of relationships will impact on what you're bringing into your life right now. Mm. Um, and understanding that and being able to put that together will then help you to understand what you can do, what you need to let go of, and then what you need to do to move forward. Yeah, I see. Great. Thanks for sharing. That's useful again. Um, perfect. So, well, let's move on to our main topic i guess of the day are six steps to picking ourselves up and getting ready to move back you know move on from a failed relationship so yeah let's start with the first john what, what's the first step that you'd like us to consider yes yeah, so i've already mentioned the first step so the first step is just being able to just take some time to be on your own take time to be single um you know uh and again it doesn't mean checking out dating apps or going on dates and keeping things casual because again you're just distracting yourself from what's just happened in your life again unless you know that this relationship that's just come to an end may have fizzled out over time and you're actually caught already ready to move on it still would be uh, a good idea to take some time out just to figure out what was what was going on um so you know we're looking maybe six months minimum i would suggest um but everyone will be different depending on the kind of space they're in um so you know find yourself um um in that space and um and don't kind of go in and out of new things because it's just going to confuse you and you're not going to be kind of taking that time to kind of be in that space by yourself again i think it's really important if you've been in a relationship for a while especially to take that time just to find your individuality um you know figure out what you want what you need um and learn to be comfortable again in your own space because again you you might find that once you've come out of a relationship you're you it's difficult to be in your own space too much because again as i mentioned earlier on you know you've got all that time that you've probably spent with this person especially if you were living together and stuff um and it will take time to adjust to being single again and, and re-establishing that relationship with yourself Mm, makes sense john so like having the first point just to recap is like taking some time out you know rather than getting distracted by any maybe new dating stuff or um trying to get like back into a relationship on the second day you know just to have some time for yourself to find some space um yeah it make, makes yeah. sense john absolutely. yeah definitely definitely you know again because we can when we when we can become enmeshed in 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 relationships um you know, a lot of the space I work in is because people have, all, have always been in those types of spaces, codependency, um, maybe with unhealthy, maybe narcissistic traits type people um, or stuff that they're doing themselves, which hasn't been the most healthy space for, the, for them to. And again, it's really important to take some time just to get used to being by you, by yourself again and being you. 
Great. It's a great point, John. Thanks for that one. Perfect. Well, let's move on to the, the second one, please. Yeah. So while you're doing that, um, devote some time to um, some positive pursuits and some positive people. Uh, so you might have let relationships go while you were in your kind of romantic relationship. You might not have seen your friends, family um, as, mu- as much as you uh, could have done. Um, so it's time to maybe re-engage with those relationships so long as those relationships are healthy spaces for you to be in. Um, if not, it might be an idea to look for some new people to re-engage in, uh, to engage in some new relationships, some new hobbies some new pursuits. Um, in order sort of to create a different space for yourself, which is positive and healthy for you. Um, make sure you eat well, sleep well. If you get exercise, is always good for your mood and make you feel good about yourself. But choose things that make you feel good um, about you in your life. Mm, I see. So is it kind of like recapturing the things that we enjoy, I guess, it what what I'm hearing is that maybe in your relationship, you may have neglected a few things or a few other people. And it's like finding the time to reconnect with those. Is that? Is yeah, that- definitely. If they were good for you, definitely reconnect with those spaces and understand, but as well, maybe why you let them spaces drop. Uh, I guess obviously in a relationship, it can be more difficult for you to keep up your other types of uh, friendships. And But it's always important that you keep those while you're in a relationship with somebody else. Um, and if you've let some really good friends go or drop by the wayside or things that you used to do, you know, maybe you used to you used to like going to the gym and your partner maybe didn't like you going to the gym because he didn't like you looking too good. So, you know, maybe you would not do it for their benefit or maybe you like to go dancing or something and they didn't like to dance and so maybe you've let that go. Again, it's just say, OK, what do I what what do I like to do that maybe I've stopped doing? Um, mm. people do I like to be around that maybe I've stopped seeing mm. um, but just sort of generally taking responsibility for your own well-being you know what makes me feel good and engaging that you've got the time hopefully you've got the resources and you can you can sort of start to do that it's a great point John I really like that it's like refinding yourself and the things that you you enjoy and I think I saw some stats around this like how many people don't really have that positive like peer group or network around them mm. you know in our culture a lot of people we're just living with our partner and it can be quite easy in the busyness of day-to-day life just to let a few friendships or other networks go can't it when, yeah as we go through the years yeah I've definitely done that in the past I've definitely let my my friendships go because I have been one of those people that's entirely focused on a relationship um mm. because that was the thing that I thought I needed to kind of fill the whole within myself um mm. and and so i've kind of neglected a lot of other spaces my own interests as well for what you know not just friendships but the things that i like to do to fit into that relationship and kind of engage with it as much as i possibly could because of my own needs that were were unhealthy uh, so definitely coming out of a relationship it's time to reflect on those and go okay i need to look after myself and make sure that i'm in the best pace possible again especially if the relationship was difficult um it, and you may have experienced some quite difficult times within that relationship it's like okay i need to kind of look after myself a bit now and, and again that will help you to move on from that relationship and move into the next one in a much healthier space mm, mm. definitely it makes sense john absolutely and um i think you touched on this already but yeah this point about maintaining friendships or keeping doing the things that we enjoy is I guess a bit of a universal one as well, isn't it? You know how sometimes when we're in the relationship and we think, well, the best thing for the relationship is just to spend all my time with my partner. But yeah, it's sort of not always really true, is it? it we we um, it's so important that we maintain those things that keep us in a good place and nurture us, sustain us um, in general. Would you say? Oh, definitely, yeah. Especially if you've had kids as well in that relationship, because again, generally your kids become you know your main focus. But if you've also had a relationship which has taken a lot out of you as well and, and you know, it's needed a lot of your time and a lot of your emotional space. Um, again, we can feel a bit lost when we come out of that space. Um, yeah. So it's again, it's okay, I need to really now focus on myself and what makes me happy and not just think about what everybody else wants and needs. For sure. So, sounds good, John. So yeah, focusing on the positive things that we enjoy, the people that we that we resonate with that we want to spend more time with that sound sounds really uh really great advice again so yeah. um yeah let's move on to the third point 
Yeah. So thirdly, I would say that you really, again, rather than um, distracting yourself from anything, is just to acknowledge any kind of pain that you've experienced or might still be experiencing um, from the relationship. So, um, you know, you may loss is something that your brain really doesn't like. It finds it difficult to to sit with that space of loss. And, and you know, all relationships, regardless of how they've come to an end, will have some kind of loss attached to them. Um, and it can be painful, but it's essential that you sit with that so it can be processed, um, like sort of all forms of grief that you might have in your life. Um, it is likely to be quite challenging at times if it's if it is quite a painful space. Um, but these feelings are not going to go anywhere without the acknowledgement um, that they require and they will come back and bite you on the bum uh, whenever they feel like it uh, because um, because they do need to be processed. If we just try and push everything away and avoid everything, um, then it does have a tendency to just reappear uh, when we don't want it to. And especially if we rush into something new as far as a relationship is concerned, we are going to um, bring sort of those difficulties into it, into someone else's life as well. So, um, you know, don't rush into the arms of someone else when you're not feeling good about life because, you know, they're just going to mask how you're feeling. They're not going to be able to take necessarily that pain away and they're not going to be able to take it away long term. It's like, like I said, all forms of grief need to be processed. And if we don't give us time and space to that then they are just going to sit under the surface and re-establish themselves somewhere along the line and come out when you when you're triggered maybe when you've had a few drinks whatever it might be and you're not able to keep on top of them um mm-hmm. so definitely you know um sit with it maybe if you only give it 20 minutes or so uh, when I talk to people about this, it's okay. It needs to be acknowledged, but people don't want to acknowledge it because they don't know how long it's going to last. Mm. So set yourself a time limit. That's uh, coming back to the point previously about doing positive things, seeing positive people. So, okay, I'm going to sit with this for 20 minutes. I need to kind of just process how I feel. And then I'm going to get up and do one of these things that make me feel good about life again. So um, just so I can understand what I feel and actually get those emotions processed in our brain in a healthy way so they don't sit and linger and, and come back to us when we don't want them to. I see. So, so when you say uh, acknowledging, John, so I've got this, it's like sitting with the feeling. Let's say I'm feeling uncomfortable or maybe a bit sad about what's happened. So you're saying I'm spending 20 minutes then just to recognise and acknowledge those feelings. What would I be doing or what could I be telling myself during that time? It's just really just understand. So actually having that little conversation, why do I feel like this? Okay, I acknowledge that I feel this way. Um, yes, it was painful. Yes, it hurt. And these are maybe the reasons why, if you can think of the reasons why it was so painful. Um, and then allowing those, and your brain needs to make sense of things. It needs to accept and it needs to um, be able to uh, acknowledge that, okay, this is how I feel. Because if, again, if I push it away, my brain says, this is still here. Um, so give myself a little chat, you know, and also now it's going to stop. The more you, the, the more at ease you are with experiencing these emotions, the quicker they'll come to an end as well. And again, depending on the severity of them, um, well, you know, I don't want people to sort of sit and languish, languish in them and kind of become the victim or whatever like that. But it's just saying, okay, how do I really feel? Because sometimes as well, emotions can be quite, they're, they're very complex. So you might not even know how you feel. So you might be fending off something that might not actually even be that bad or you might be fending off something and you think oh no i don't want to sit with that but actually it's not the real feeling that you think it might be um Mm. so like i know a lot of people that feel guilty you know they feel guilt for no reason whatsoever so then when we explore it, it's never really the guilt it's not a guilt feeling but they label it as something um and and again that can happen when we come to the end of a relationship so we might label an emotion or a feeling that we've got but it's not actually what we're feeling so we could feel angry um, but actually, I will. I always call ang- anger a secondary emotion because it's triggered by something else. Okay. So I could be feeling angry about something, and then so when I actually sit about it, I could just go, actually, you know what? I'm just really quite sad, and I don't know how to deal with sadness. So then I'm going to become angry. So it's good to explore those feelings because then I can go, okay, well, I'm not actually angry. I'm just default into anger because that's how I cope with this in a in a better space. I just need to sit with the idea that I'm a bit sad for a while and I'm going to be okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't need to escalate into something else or bleed into other areas of my life or other relationships or other experiences that I'm having. Um, yeah. And then I can I kind see. of what what called I guess is emotional intelligence. So I'm, I'm very aware of the emotions I'm experiencing. And I'm able to go, okay, that's how I feel. And that's why I feel that way. And that's okay. I'm okay. Let's move forward. That's a great point, John. Would you say, like, because, you know, our emotions change a lot, don't they? They can sort yeah. of change a lot, minute to minute, you know, hour to hour. We can, you know, at one point be feeling a certain way, let's say really like upset or anxious. And then maybe an hour later, we're feeling really excited about something completely different. Mm. And it's it's quite sort of volatile. Yeah. How would you say... How what's the best way to relate to that? I guess not to get too attached to the feelings, like acknowledging them but not getting too attached to them. How, what's the best way to do that? Do you think? Yeah, I think like if you acknowledge them, like you said, and just say, okay, this is how I feel right now, uh, and this is why I feel the way that I do, and that's okay. Um, I might not like it very much, but it's I am okay, and it will pass. Like you said, in in five minutes, I could be jumping around in the shower, dancing to whatever, you know. So it's it's gonna pass and like all emotions they do pass um but it's it's okay that you might be feeling that way uh, and it's but again it's just being good nice to yourself showing yourself some compassion um and being gentle in that space and, and not criticizing and again something i'm going to kind of uh, move on to as well um you know we can be you know, our self-talk can be pretty harsh sometimes yeah or even just this talk that goes on in our mind, we could be, you know, like I said, there could be some difficulties from that relationship that's just come to an end and you could be quite angry about that. And that's okay. It's okay to be angry, but just sit with it and go, okay, I'm angry because of that. And it's okay that I'm angry because of that, but I'm not going to take that into the rest of my day. I'm not going to allow that to cloud my next conversation with somebody, or I'm not going to go to this place and still be angry because I don't want that. Um, But it's okay that I'm angry about what's just happened. And again, your brain likes that. Your brain likes to put some certainty to things. It likes to understand things. It likes to feel, you know, okay, thanks for telling me that I'm okay. And we've done that bit and, and we can move on. Mm, that's right. It's a great point. And um, yeah, so I, so it's all about acknowledging, you know, how we're feeling and not, as you say, languishing in it, but at least being real with ourselves that this is what's going on for me um, right now. So it's a, yeah, so yeah. a point. So yeah, what's what's the next point, John, the fourth one? Um, so own your part in why the relationship didn't work out. Um, it's a, a personal story with this is when my marriage came to an end, I had my coach. Um, the first thing they said to me is, what was your part in, in why this didn't work? There was me kind of going on there to say, oh, you know, this isn't worked out. I'm getting, I'm separating from my wife. And I was expecting some kind of sympathy. And they went, oh, um, so what was your part in the relationship? That's why it didn't work out. And it was really good because it took me into a space rather than blaming somebody else um, for what went wrong. Um, it, it's to understand what the part that I played and what I could have done differently. And that, again, mm-hmm. stops me being the victim. Uh, it stops me from um, just saying that they, you know, this is, not, you know, I didn't have anything to do with this. It was all their fault. Um, it always takes two people to understand why a relationship didn't work out, even if all the really horrible, nasty behaviour might have been coming from them, there would be saying about why we're in that relationship in the first place. Um, so, you know, understanding that there's something you could have done differently. So why were you in that relationship in the first place? What did you allow to happen? Um, what could you have avoided? Um, what is it about you that chose this person in the first place? What kind of behaviour? How did you communicate and things like that? I see. Um, yeah. Again, not about beating yourself up. Again, um, we don't sort of do the blame game because blame just makes us feel crappy uh, about ourselves and angry towards others. It's just to look at how you've contributed to the breakdown, uh, and you can use that to your advantage for the next time you have a relationship. Because if again you notice that you're doing similar things, you can go, okay, clearly this didn't work the last time. Um, I know that I can and want to change that part of how I am to make sure that the next relationship or the relationship I've just got myself into is, is a better space. I see. It makes sense. Yeah. So trying to recognize kind of what we may have done to contribute is such an important point. I'm just imagining, I'm hearing like a voice in my head of like someone listening to this saying, hang on, John, what are you talking about? This wasn't my fault at all. This was all about their cheating or it was all about how he or she lost their temper and did this or that. 
Um, what would you say to someone who is like maybe struggling with that idea and saying, not really, it's not really about me. It's actually really about the other person. What would you say? Um, so um, in, in that case, yes. I mean, like I said, the, you know, 99, maybe 95 percent of the issues could have been someone else's. They're the ones that cheat. OK, but why did they cheat? Yeah. Was was there something that I did? Did I push them away? Was I not giving them enough attention? Uh, you know, you're not saying that we condone the behaviour that somebody then carries out because of it, you know, because there's yeah. no reason for someone to do that because that means a relationship, the lack of, there's a lack of communication, right? So they're not communicating with me. So maybe am I not communicating with them? Um, have I kind of, did I back off from the relationship? Did I focus too much on the kids and not give enough time to the relationship? Did I kind of give too much time? I mean, there's a person I spoke to the other day and they were, separating from their relationship because their mum got too involved in the relationship and rather than saying okay mum you need to keep your nose out and stop trying to kind of influence this relationship um they didn't and they because of their childhood stuff and their relation unhealthy relationship there with their mum they let their mum kind of kind of control them and stuff their whole lives they were letting them do that within the relationship i see their partner had an affair their partner became quite abusive and angry um again doesn't condone the relationship outcome and what what he behaved like but actually it was it was triggered by um her not not allowing her mum to be too influential in the relationship clearly his communication skills what he wants and needed maybe weren't expressed correctly so they weren't able to have the conversations that they needed to have in order to rectify the problem but that was still partly her responsibility because she wasn't yeah. stopping, she wasn't acknowledging the issue and she was avoiding the issue altogether. Um, so like I said, it doesn't condone the outcome, but it means, okay, at least I know that this is a problem that I could have done something about. I see. It's, it's a really great point, John. And, you know, if we can get to that point, I guess it's going to be a bit more empowering as well for us to say, well, what could I take away from this? Was there something I can learn from this? I think what I'm hearing in what you're saying, because yeah, it's quite unlikely that we're going to have a real breakthrough from blaming someone else. You know, it's going to, it's always going to be some version of like, well, what did I do here? What did I not do? I guess that's what you're saying, John, right? Yeah, definitely. And then we're going to maybe, uh, and more than likely go into the next relationship and the same issues are going to occur and you're going to keep blaming someone else for your outcomes and, and not take any responsibility for your, your, your part in it and the things that you could change um, within yourself that will help the next relationship that you get yourself into um that's a great point yeah. you don't want to be the victim because most of the time we're not the victim um that's right. so, uh, it's just understanding okay I, there, there must be something i contribute and again there's there's something as well like one of the things i work on with my clients is why do we choose the people we end up with in the first place mm. so i ended up in some quite abusive relationships because it was me proving to myself that i was unworthy so that was my responsibility. The abuse wasn't warranted. And, and again, it was a, a horrible experience for me to go through um, and completely stripped me of my sort of self-worth and self-esteem. But I was choosing to be in that relationship because of my lack of self-worth and self-esteem in the first place. And it was just reflecting my own thoughts about myself. Um, and so that's why I was choosing to be in relationships with people that would treat me in a certain way so I could end up feeling how i actually felt in the first place i see well thanks for sharing and that's my responsibility that's not the person i'm with responsibility that's the balance that i don't set and the people that i'm choosing for for those reasons i see yeah so what i hear is you're really owning your choice you know of that person even though you know maybe their behavior wasn't good but on the other hand you were still choosing or you had chosen you continue to choose to be with them so that's a really great um Mm. great way to look at it um yeah so that's right own your own part it's uncomfortable but really if we're going to learn anything there's um, that's the only only way we're going to do it isn't it yeah so, if we uh, make everybody else responsible for our outcomes then our outcomes will always be what they decide our outcomes are going to be um, even though subconsciously i might be choosing them to seek that outcome i'm still giving over all the responsibility for how my outcomes are going to be to someone else yeah yeah that makes sense, John. Thanks for that one. Perfect. So let's go on to number five, John. 
Yeah, so um, don't compare yourself to other people um, or regret the decisions that you make because regret just will eat you up on the inside. Um, so when things aren't going right in our lives, we can look at others um, and wanting to have what they've got um, and uh, why are they getting this and I'm not type stuff. And that can make us feel really low and can also spiral into a sort of a, a self-criticism, which is something I mentioned earlier on. If if it's working for them, why is it not working for me? It must be saying about me. I could go into this really kind of self-critical space and I have mm-hmm. some really horrible conversations with myself. Um, if we regret what went on in the past, we have a tendency to sit with the regret rather than um, look at how we can make things uh, move forward and those can lead to sort of deeper negative emotions uh, and, and cloud your judgment on how you can actually move forward as well um, you know we need to focus more on the future what we can bring into our life and and how we're going to create that um, we need to clarify what our needs and wants might be um, be aware of what our kind of values and principles are um, and lay out kind of what the next person needs to have when we move forward um, as I mentioned earlier on in the previous point be clear on the boundaries so if we don't set the right boundaries then you know that's down to us to kind of own that space mm-hmm. um, so and if we don't set those boundaries they can become blurred and they can be challenged quite easily by someone else um, so being able to sort of not compare what other people have got because again, we can become very self-critical and don't sit and regret the decisions that you might have made or the choices you might have made again, because that will just leave you in an, a possibly a, a negative spiraling space where you're exactly. judging yourself all the time. And, and again, makes it really difficult for you to move on. Yeah. That's such an important point, isn't it, John? I can think of one particular experience of my own, like when I was much younger, where a relationship ended and I did have a lot of this like self-blame yeah, because it was my actions or my mistakes really that caused the relationship to end. And I just wonder whether people listening might be saying, well, that's like a bit easier said than done. Or like, you know, when I look at what I've done or maybe how I behaved or how I neglected my partner in some way, how do you have any advice for people that are maybe recognizing that they themselves were maybe the cause of this in some way? How would you, how would you avoid that regret? I suppose. Yeah, so again, it's about just acknowledging your role in, in what happened. So yes, clearly, we've all made decisions in the relationships that have maybe caused problems and, and triggered them to come to, to an end. Um, but it's about the why rather than anything else. So why why did I do that? Why did I behave that way? Clearly, there was something not right within me or something not right within the relationship that made me act out this way in the first place. If I become very self-critical, self-blaming, um and judgment or about myself i'm not going to understand what my process was and why i got myself there in the first place um it's okay to tell yourself off for it so do you know what that wasn't the greatest thing to do and you didn't treat them very well and you know don't do that again because it, it wasn't a great feeling for me to do it it definitely wasn't a great feeling for them when i did do it um so you know i need to kind of acknowledge that that's but why did i do it why am I why am I acting out in this way is really important. Um, again, it's that kind of taking that responsibility for your for your own behaviour, but not being overly critical or self-judgmental. Um, and then saying, okay, then, so I understand why I did that. That's the thing I need to work on for the next relationship so that I don't do that again. Um, so I don't get myself, you know, that, that was a trigger for me in this relationship and I didn't address it or I allowed it to continue or um, I kind of this relationship kind of really... St- uh, hung out for far too long um on, it should have come to maybe to an end a bit sooner and then i wouldn't have done what i did they wouldn't have done what they did and 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 then we wouldn't have got ourselves into this situation and eventually kind of move into forgiveness for yourself you know again if you need to apologize just apologize and um and say i'm really sorry that i did that um there are no excuses but at least you can understand the reasons for yourself why that might have been the case mm. Um, and also just again recognize were they triggering you you know you could walk out of a relationship and say well I was did this and I did this and I was really horrible um, but why was it well, what did they do <laughs> to trigger that space mm-hmm. uh, for me to to me to behave like that what was what was going on for them perhaps that 
made them behave in a certain way. It's just then led me to behave in a certain way. Again, and then understanding that, go, okay, if I notice that in someone next time, as long as I, you know, I, I, I do I know that I'm okay with that now? Is that Does that fit into this idea of what I seek as the value in the relationship? Am I going to allow this to continue? How do I address it? So, you know, uh, brush up on your communication skills, definitely if you didn't talk about it before. Uh, okay. But know where your limits are, know where your boundaries are. This is the kind of behaviour that I will, is, is okay. This is the kind of behaviour that's not okay. And I need to see some kind of, change in that person if i do address it with them for me to continue to move forward if not rather than then doing what i did last time i just maybe need to walk away i see yeah i see so trying to unpick it a bit and make sense really of how you got to that point makes that sounds good john um also you touched on like apologizing i think this is a really interesting one and so many people are a bit allergic to this idea aren't they of kind of like oh i don't really want to go there it's going to be uncomfortable we're dragging up the past or but I mean, what would you say is the benefit if you if it's obviously the right context and it's not going to make things worse or cause any more damage? What would you say the benefits are of actually apologising, just saying to the person that, you know, you've owned what's happened and you're sorry? Yeah, like you said, it depends how it's taken. Um, somebody, an apology might not be good enough. Um, it might not be something that they'll, they'll ever forgive you for, depending on what you did and how you did it. Um, but at least you're acknowledging that you take the responsibility for your behaviour. Again, I wouldn't necessarily do that if it's not going to, like you said, if it's not going to make any significant difference um, and that person just won't hear it or maybe their behaviour was the thing that triggered your thing in the first place. And still, you can still apologise for your part in that. Um, That may not necessarily help them because if you own all of the fault, or what happened, then they're not going to look at themselves um, moving forward either. Uh, but yeah, it's really kind of, you know, just to say this, I, I acknowledge my part in this and I'm sorry for that. Um, mm. And that at least you've done the best or everything you can do. Yeah. To, to kind of show some kind of remorse, um, maybe not for regret, but some kind of remorse for your behavior and say this, this just, you know, and again, not, I mean, I've, I've been a certain person in relationships before and I've had to apologize to myself mm. and say, John, why would you do that to yourself? You were like, you allowed yourself to, to turn into this person, which you were really uncomfortable with, mm. Um, mm. you know, so don't do that to you at the same time. I yeah. That's a good point. It's a different, different take on it. Perfect. So, um, so, yeah, let's move on to the sixth and final point. And what have you got? Yeah, so um, it's kind of like the first point, but it's slightly different. It's just, just don't rush the next relationship. Um, so you need to be clear about what you want in your next relationship before you get involved with the next person. Um, so even if you do start dating again and you maybe believe that you've met the right one, just keep the pace nice and steady. Uh, don't tell them everything about yourself at the start. Um, don't put too many expectations out there either just keep the conversation natural flowing and see what you can glean rather than kind of needing to know the answers straight away um, so don't be too direct um, sort of if if you didn't set the boundaries before definitely make sure that you've got those boundaries in place with the person that you're now sort of seeing so keep an eye out for any flags whether they're green flags pink flags or red flags uh, and just sort of bank them accordingly whenever you need to, rather than kind of making them into a big thing, unless it's a red flag. Um, if it's a red flag, definitely you you probably need to act. With a pink flag, I'd say you definitely need to inquire. And a green flag, you probably just want to put that to one side and keep that in your positive bank. Um, yeah, I see. So, yeah, so th- what I'm hearing, John, it's like not rushing in, but really thinking about the relationship you want, taking it steady, having the conversations at a pace that feels natural without like over committing or I guess under committing either, but just getting the pace kind of right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So def- that we can build naturally. Is that right? Yeah. Again, you don't want to put too much expectation on someone because generally if we put expectations out there, we're only going to be disappointed because, you know, people don't generally live up to expectation. Um, don't put any expectations on the relationship or expectations on yourself. Just allow yourself to, be as natural with this as possible rather than trying to rush it and trying to find out everything you need to find out in order to 
decide if this is the right person for you and you're going to move forward. But like clearly, if there are things you're not happy with, they're unlikely to get any better. Uh, and if you mm. do discuss them after a while and, and they're not kind of, you don't see any changes in that, they're definitely not going to get any better. Um, and that's where the kind of the red flags are so important because if you see a red flag, that generally means that's something that will always be around. And if you're not happy yeah. with that, then it's not a place for you to be in. And just remember, if you followed the other steps that we've talked about already, you've worked really diligently uh, on who you are, you know, and what kind of relationship you want. So don't lose sight of that. And if you engage with the relationship too quickly and allow yourself to um, dive in, you're going to lose sight of everything that you've worked on to this point. Um, so you're not going to be able to decipher whether this person's actually the right person for you or not, because you're going to allow yourself to run away on the hormones or your old behaviours. Um, so there's an authenticity we need to take into this. So this person you've really worked on accepting, caring about, being positive, with the stuff that you maybe have analysed from your past relationship that you don't want to do again, if you rush into something, you're, you're, you're likely to lose sight of everything that you've kind of put in place to stop you from kind of ending in, in a relationship you don't necessarily want to be in in the first place. Yeah, I see. Perfect. Makes sense, John. Well, it's been really useful. I've really appreciated your your thoughts on this, John. I, I just wanted to touch back on one point, if I may. You said about how you've experienced what you felt to be abuse, you know, in a previous relationship. And I'd love to get your thoughts on like how you would define or how you, you would recognise abuse. Because I've heard like a lot of people talk about this. And yes, sometimes the definitions can break down. Some people might say, well, just because my partner is making me feel uncomfortable, well, that means it must be abuse. But then when you find out what they're actually referring to, you think, well, actually, they're just kind of do, living their life. And it's not really, it doesn't really sound like abuse. I'd love to get your thoughts on how you yeah. would define abuse. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they were accusing their partner of gaslighting them. Um, gaslighting is a really insidious type behaviour where you get someone to question their own insanity, uh, own sanity, not insanity, Um and and this person actually was just if when she explained what the day were actually the conversation was, it was just him telling her his opinion. And he was like, I can't accept he couldn't he just wouldn't accept her opinion. You know, he was saying, like, I don't accept what you're saying. This is what I think and I need to stick with it. But she was saying, Well, you're just trying to gaslight me now because you're trying to make me sort of and he was saying, No, I'm not trying to gaslight you. And I'm just trying to help you to see that I'm not going to agree with you. Um, um, but again, it's it's again, so it depends what kind of headspace that you're in. So the abuse that I went through, I would say, was because I couldn't be myself. I was uh, basically having to think about them all of the time in order for me to be able to function in a way that I believe they want me to. Um, and if I didn't, then I would experience... Uh, some form of emotional and mental abuse and at the end of the relationship it got physical as well because I wasn't doing what they needed me to do I see um, and I was feeling that I had to think about what they wanted from me all of the time in order for the relationship to function at all I see so if you feel like you're in a relationship where you you're, you don't get your needs met, that you're not heard or listened to, that the behaviour that they use is in a way some kind of manipulative or coercive to try and get you to do the things that they want you to do, um, then I would say that's definitely an abusive relationship. If they're neglecting you in any way, that's an abusive relationship. Um, so... Um, can be very subtle it can be very overt people will do what they need to do to get their needs met and if they are that way inclined then you will be on the end of their abuse um so again what i would suggest is if you know that you're in a relationship where you're probably walking on eggshells a fair bit or you never get heard or you never get listened to or you never get any of your needs met you never do what you want i would say that you're probably in an abusive relationship yeah I see. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Useful to get. Yeah. Perspective or you could be just one of those people that just is really people pleasery. Um, and then you're just giving all of the control and all of the power to that person. Mm. And then telling yourself that you're being abused because you're allowing them all of the control. Generally, if we give someone control, they're going to take control because if no one mm. does 
you know, if someone's used to getting their needs met all the time, it, it's a human condition probably that we're going to take advantage of that. And that could lead to some kind of abuse because I could abuse that space that you're giving me. So again, again, what am I doing? I mean, I used to be a massive people pleaser and that's probably why I got abused because I would give everything to the other person and try and make the relationship work all the time and they would take advantage of that. Clearly they had some emotional issues which then escalated that into a different space um, because as soon as I didn't quite fit the bill, they, they would come down on me very hard. But um, generally, if we give someone control, they'll take control. I see. Yeah, that's useful. And it comes back to your point as well about like owning our part of it, doesn't it? I love you. Mm. That sense of, well, how could I have facilitated or contributed to this? So, so yeah. it's a great way to, to look at it, yeah. John. Um, amazing. Well, um, how can people keep in touch with you if you want to find out more about the work you do and, and reach out? What's the best way? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned the podcast earlier on. So if they want to hear a little bit more about <clears throat> the stuff that I talk about, then the Relationship Guy podcast is available on all good platforms and maybe not some decent platforms as well. Um, 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 they can kind of just look, go to my website, www.johnkennycoaching.com or reach out on social media at John Kenny Coaching. I'm sure they'll find me if um, if they put that in. I think I'm the only John Kenny Coaching out there um so yeah just reach out if they want to uh, get on and talk about relationships then i do offer a 30 minute uh consultation for free um so if anyone wants to reach out and have a chat about the things they're going through um want to create the kind of relationships for themselves moving forward or having struggles in the relationship they're in just give us a shout and we'll have a chat and see if uh see if um, it's a good thing for us to work together Fantastic. Perfect. Well, yeah, I'd encourage anyone, you know, interested to do that. And what we'll do as well, John, we'll include your website details in the notes for the podcast. So if anyone, uh, you know, identifies it through there, then uh, definitely reach out to John and find out more about the work he's doing. So um, amazing. Well, thanks a lot for your time, John. I've really appreciated the chat today. And thanks for putting these these areas together. It's been really, really insightful. And um, yeah, is there anything you wanted to say, like a final a final point or a final reminder to people before we wrap up? Um, no, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. And I hope if, if people take something away and are able to kind of put it into practice straight away. Um, I'll just leave you maybe with my favourite quote, which I kind of do quote at the end of my podcast and has to have it on various bits of my social media, is um, we may not be able to go back and make a brand new start, but we can start now to make a brand new ending. Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.